Good morning. Uh, thank you for coming to the uh, Family Bible Hour. Uh, I'm not able to be there in person today. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, but I'm doing fine overall. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, since it, we just passed up Christmas, I thought I'd do a uh, relatively Christmassy New Year message. And I'll just ask you, what did you, um, what did you get for Christmas? What did you ask for? You might have, um, you might have got some clothes. You might have got some games or the latest iPhone. You know, for me personally, the older that I get, the the more that I realize that I have most things that I need, and I don't ask for a lot for Christmas. I don't ask for a TV or a computer or an iPhone. All I really care about is just spending time with people, and um, that's more valuable to me. And I think this uh, desire stems off the fact that I already have the most important thing I could ever have needed, which is um, forgiveness of my sins and a salvation from God and, uh, a restored relationship with God, um, and a heavenly father who cares for all my needs. And if you personally know the Lord Jesus as your, uh, savior today, you can say the same thing. And so I got on uh, the track of thinking, well, if somebody is saved, what else could they need? Um, well, most people just need to be happy. And so a passage that comes to mind is Philippians 4, verses 1 through 9. It talks about how you can be happy by being unified with others, by following Christ's example that he has given us. So if you're thinking to yourself this morning, how can I be happy in my life? This is a message for you. <clears throat> So I'll start off by reading the passage, and then we'll pray to open up. Philippians 4, 1 through 9, it says, Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Euodia, and I implore Syntyche, to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds to Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. In the previous verses, Paul reminds the Philippians to refocus their attention he says in chapter 3, verse 17 of Philippians, Therefore, uh, he says, uh, Brethren, join in following my example, and note those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern. 
He wants them to follow after his example of imitating Christ and warns them about those who set their minds on earthly things instead of walking with Christ. He then reminds the Philippians that our citizenship is in heaven. So that is where we should focus our attention. And then in verse 20, he says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. In our first verse here on Philippians 4, uh, verse 1, Paul tells us to stand fast in the Lord. In verse 1 it says, Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Paul writes to his brothers and sisters in Christ to stand fast, unified in the Lord. Well, what does this mean to stand fast in the Lord? Well, as a church body, we need to remain in the Lord. We need to, together, be anchored to him and be immovable in our faith in the Lord. We need to remember that we're only passing through this world and that this is our um, this is not our home, but our home is in heaven. Standing fast means resisting temptation and resisting false teaching and not following after worldly influences. We can stand fast by taking a stand for what we believe in. In Philippians 1.27 it says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you may stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So how can standing fast in the Lord bring us unity? It brings us unity when we as a church are anchored to the Lord, standing fast, looking forward to the great hope of when he will transform our lowly earthly bodies to be like him. In our second verse, it says, I implore Euodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And really this means he just wants these people to live in unity, to live at, um, in unity with others. Paul reminds these women that it's really essential for the church to agree on the same doctrines and practices so that we can function as a unified body of believers and effectively spread the gospel to the world. You know, he sees that these women have a broken relationship and that they're sinners, just like each one of us. Even though they were working together to spread the gospel, they still found room to be at odds. Um, but in the encouragement that Paul gives in another book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 18, it says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So I want to encourage you this morning to be of the same mind in the Lord. And that unity will bring happiness and it will bring peace to your life. Paul continues in verse 3 here. He says, And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers. We don't know who Paul is referring to exactly when he mentions his true companion. But it must have been somebody he trusted to work as a peacemaker between these women. Matthew 5.9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. 
I want to encourage you in pointing out, you know, is there somebody in your life? Are you um, in a conflict with them? If there is, don't just stand by and build a grudge against them day after day. But go to them today and resolve your disagreements. Become a peacemaker and you will have unity and peace in your life with others. And at the end of this uh, third verse, Paul says, whose names are in the book of life. This is a reason to rejoice. If you know the Lord as your personal savior, you can be happy and rejoice when you remember that your name is written in the book of life. When you placed your faith in the in Christ's finished work on the cross, your sins were forgiven. You were brought into a right relationship with God. And you have your name written in the book of life so that when you die, you will have joy in heaven because you will be with your Savior for all of eternity. And there you will be truly blessed. In verse 4, <clears throat> Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. When Paul wrote this, he was in the he was put in prison because he was preaching the gospel and that's a terrible circumstance to be in but he still found reasons to rejoice in the lord despite these situ- the circumstances he was in so really the key lesson lesson that paul is teaching us here is that we need to find our joy in christ and not in our temporary and constantly changing circumstances christ is the rock in our storm and the constant who we can always rely on. So why should we rejoice in the Lord always? Well, we should rejoice in the Lord always for many reasons. But first of all, because we've been justified by faith, because he gives us hope, because he loves us. Romans 5, 1-5 through 5 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And... Another reason we should rejoice in the Lord always is because we have a restored relationship with God. Romans 5.11 says, And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. We should rejoice in the Lord always because our names are written in the book of life. Luke 10.20 says, It says, Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. We should rejoice in the Lord always because the Lord tells us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5-6 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things that you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We should rejoice in the Lord always because he is our protector and defender. In Psalms, uh, David says, But let all those who rejoice who put their trust in you, let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. 
For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. We should rejoice in the Lord always because of his mercy. Again, David says in the Psalms, in Psalm 31, I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy. For you have considered my trouble, you have known my soul in adversities, and have not shut me up into the hand of my enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. And we should rejoice in the Lord always because of the reward that we will receive because of persecution. Matthew five eleven through 12 says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And when should we rejoice now? Well, if you haven't heard, it's always. When the Lord is good to you and gives you blessings like a job or a roof over your head, food on the table, and family and friends that love you. You should also rejoice in the Lord when he's correcting you, and when you're suffering for his sake, when you're in pain, when you're hurting, when you can't find any answers to your problems. You should rejoice when you're standing on the mountaintops of faith. You should rejoice when you're walking through the valley feeling defeated and hopeless. You will have peace in your life when your joy rests in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Paul continues in verse 5. He says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. We should be uh, gentle towards others. And the reason we should do that is because First of all, it's the right thing to do, but if you want to be happy, you should do it because it'll bring out peace to others and to your own life. You should be known as a peaceable, gentle, gracious, considerate, and patient person. The life that you live should not be getting caught up in seeking revenge for injustices or evils that others do. Don't be overly vocal about um, people hurting you or wronging you. Don't speak evil against others. Be submissive to those that God's given authority to. Let your gentleness be known to all men, both in the church and outside the church. Romans 12, 17 through 21 sums it up perfectly. It says, repay no one for evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to uh, wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Obviously, it's easy to be gentle towards people you get along with, but the command tells us to be gentle towards everyone especially those who you disagree with, and especially towards those who treat you poorly and to your enemies. James 5, 8-9 says, You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. 
Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Paul says the Lord is at hand in this verse. That we're in verse 5 here. And we're reminded of that. That we need to live our lives patiently waiting for the second coming of the Lord. We need to live a life of gentleness, peacemaking, grace, and patience until the Lord comes. How will you be gentle to someone today? How will you show your peacemaking and grace to others today? Do you want to be happy? Well, you can be happy if you be gentle and patient with others. Paul continues in verse 6. He says, Be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If you want to be uh, happy, if you want to have peace in your life and freed from anxiety and worry, then it's very simple. Just bring your requests before God in prayer and be thankful. What's making you anxious today? Are you working on a project that you have to finish soon? You taking care of a sick one uh, that you love? Are you were you alone during the holidays? Are you starting a new chapter in your life? For myself, I know I get worried thinking these past two years have been so stressful with the pandemic and shutdowns. Will will this year be any different? Is life only going to get worse? Will it ever return to normal? And it's a real concern for many of you. God tells us not to be anxious about... He tells us to, be, to not be anxious about anything. He tells us that instead we need to refocus our attention on bringing our request to God in prayer and then to be thankful for whatever answer you get from God. Matthew uh, 6, 25-34 says... Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is, is its own trouble. Paul encourages us to stop worrying and start praying. Do you want to worry less? Then pray more. Whenever you start to worry, just stop and pray. Bring all your prayers and all your requests to God and be thankful for the answer you get, whatever it may be.
when you stand fast in the Lord, when you're in the same mind in the Lord, when you remember that your name is written in the book of life, when you rejoice in the Lord, when you're gentle, when you're not anxious, but you're prayerful and thankful, then it says in verse 7 that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God's going to give you peace if you live this way. When you remember that God is in control of everything, of course he'll give you peace. Our citizenship is in heaven. It's secure. Our heavenly father loves us and he's preparing a place for us in heaven. Our sins are forgiven. We have a restored relationship with God and we're no longer slaves to sin. Let God's peace guard your heart against anxiety. Jesus reminds us in John 14, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor neither let it be afraid. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any uh, virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What does your uh, thought life look like? Do you stay in the word and meditate on it day and night? Do you fill your mind with six days of junk and one day of church? If you want to be happy, if you want to be blessed and have peace in your life, then you need to make an effort to set aside time each day to meditate on the Word of God. Start a um, resolution this year to read the Bible every day and finish it and memorize it. The, The Psalms talk about the blessing of the person who meditates on God's Word, who reads it day and night. It says in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man uh, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Be like the man who chooses to meditate on God's word day and night. He lives a fruitful life, grows up to be strong in the Lord, and is prosperous. God blesses anyone who chooses to live their life this way. Fill your mind with thoughts that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, and praiseworthy. Examine what you're putting into your mind through television, internet, books, conversations, movies, and magazines, and get rid of all the harmful material and replace it with God's word. And then you'll have nothing inside of you except for God's word. And so the outpouring of your heart will be blessing towards others. And you'll, as a result, also be blessed by God. Verse 9 says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you.
If you practice these things, you'll have God's peace. Paul was a living testimony to the Philippians. He's literally telling them, you remember the behavior I had in front of you and how I lived my life when you saw me? Well, now I've been put in prison for the sake of the gospel, and yet I still find reason to rejoice and praise God and to be thankful. I'm happy, blessed, and I'm content in whatever God, uh, whatever trial I face or whatever situation God sends my way. Now follow my example and the things that you um, have been taught by me, and you'll find peace as well. Practice what I taught you and be obedient to God. James uh, 1, 23-25 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So do you want to be happy? Do you want to have joy, peace, and unity in your life? Then stand fast in the Lord. Be of the same mind in the Lord. Remember that your name is written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. Be gentle. Do not be anxious, but be prayerful and be thankful. Then, meditate on the word of God and be obedient to it. Do these things, and you'll have the peace of God, joy, and unity and happiness in your life. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful for this new year and what it will bring us. We, we know that every day is a gift. We just want to pray that you would bless this year for us, that we would be a people who looks to be happy, looks to be joyful, in you, looks to be unified and be uh, peaceable people. Lord, we just pray that you would bless us and guide us and show us the way that you want us to live our lives for you, for your glory. We pray that we would be able to honor you this year in your name. Amen.